Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the great Greg Fitzsimmons, and Jordan takes up yoga. Yeah, really, yoga. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, it's a beautiful day in Los Angeles. Well, I mean, it'll be more beautiful once I apologize. Whoa, wow, whoa, whoa, hold on, look out, uh, Martha. I just, I... Lock I, down the cows, there's uh, a situation. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, that an expression? it's the lock down the cows, <laughs> right. we have a situation. Yeah. The, from Jersey Shore, that's the catchphrase of Jersey Shore, Sure, right? because he fucks cows. <laughs> yeah, that's Snoochie's catchphrase from right. Jersey Shore, lock right. down the cows. And it's funny, you know, like how in, you know, real world, they would set them up with a job, like at a Froyo stand right. or a hip nightclub. And this season, uh, the Jersey Shore gang, right. the Guidos and Guidettes, yeah. all work on a farm, right. and the situation is just trying to fuck the cows. Right. But he, he doesn't, you know, he's like, and Wow is, we right. need to milk these heifers and get them to market. Right. We can't spend all our time fucking them. Right. Well, because a lot of people don't know this, but Wow has a 4-H background. And then they beat up the beat. Yeah. Yeah. But sorry, back to my apology. Do we want to bring? Let's bring in our guest. Okay, he can, Look, he can. I think that you you should apologize to our guest just as much <laughs> as you should apologize. I don't know what you're going to apologize sure. for, but you deserve my. Our guest deserves your apology as much as I do, as much as America does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a brilliant stand-up comedian. He's the host of Fitzdog Radio, uh, Mr. Greg Fitzsimmons. Greg, w- welcome to Jordan Jesse Go. A pleasure to have you back on the program. It's a pleasure. I, I feel a little bit like a waiter at a Denny's uh, waiting on an old couple that hasn't noticed that I'm waiting to take the order. <laughs> <laughs> you look a little bit like the old couple. I don't mean to be rude, but you are wearing golf shoes and athletic socks with shorts. <laughs> I... <laughs> you're wearing saddle. Your your golf shoes are saddle shoes where the central part is like a faux lattice. What's that called? Like a faux woven? It's crocodile. <laughs> it's fake crocodile. <laughs> and here's the thing about you is, you know, I have different – everybody has what do they call a cardinal trait and then secondary traits. Sure. Your cardinal trait to me yeah. is footwear. <laughs> and so I, I'm getting out of my car and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to jump out of my car at the meter and I'm going to put my shoes back on because I forgot to leaving the golf course. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll be able to go inside and, and Jesse won't – See my shoes, and you guys are waiting outside <laughs> right. the street to let I you into up. the garage, yes. to let you into the parking garage. And you go, no, don't change your shoes. You're fine. And then <laughs> shit on me the entire time. So, Greg, you were kind of planning on for your whole time being here, it being sort of like a dwarf on golf situation where you're just on your knees, <laughs> like a Tim Conway. That's sure. what you were planning on. I was hoping that it could be uh, more charitable, like a charitable <laughs> golf tournament. But uh, we could go dwarf. Yeah. I should clarify that I was planning on it being a Dorf on golf type situation. Mm-hmm. I just would love for us to do more Dorf on golf style stuff. Sure. Just... I just think it would be fun. I mean, just put some shoes on our knees and see where it goes. <laughs> Have you, know you ever I mean? put your arms behind 
Jesse's and pretended you were his arm. You know what? Well, I bet we have done that. Well, we were in we were in, uh, on an improv team in college, so yes, I think we have done that in a dining hall. Yes. Freeze. Yeah. Now, everybody, say some quotes from Napoleon Dynamite, and we'll work them into the show. So yes, uh, not on this podcast, but we have done that. In order to entertain yeah. it doesn't and work. educate. It, it doesn't work quite as well in audio. I mean, we've tried it in the <laughs> audio format. Yeah. We just kind of have to say what's going on. We have to say, oh, Jesse, he's making a cake and everything's getting all over the place. Yeah. Or like, you know, he's trying He's trying to fi- do some filing, but it's un- it's uh, weird because his, his, his arms are too low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he's trying to photocopy something, but his tie is in the middle of the photocopy screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, a, you know, that's the type fun of stuff. That's the yeah. kind of stuff that we get involved in. He's but... trying to fuck a cow, but his <laughs> arms are too short. <laughs> I don't want, look, we are having a lot of fun right now, Jordan. Mm-hmm. God, I mean, but I still have this apology. I know, I was trying to derail some, it because It sounds I... like there's something important that you need to get off your chest, and <sighs> I don't want to not give you the opportunity to do this. There's a million things that you have to apologize for. If I got went, made a list, we yeah. would, we wouldn't, Greg wouldn't even have a chance to get a word in. Um, and so I'm not going to make a list. I'm just going to, I'm sure. just going to be as, you know, I lead a life, as everyone I, to Yeah, learn. I lead a life of mistakes. Um, but here's one that, that's been weighing particularly heavy mm-hmm. on me. Last week on the show, yeah, I said that Tilda Swinton, yeah, was the villain in Hannah. Yes, it was actually Kate Blanchett. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's more. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold the phone. Later Martha, that the cows week, are loose. Off the cars. Later that week, I was on Kumail's. Kumail Nanjiani's podcast, The Indoor Kids. Popular podcast from the Nerdist Network. And I confused Elijah Dushku and Charisma Carpenter. Holy shit. And then, you know, while I'm while I'm putting it all on the table. Fucking shame train just keeps getting longer. Doug Benson has blackballed him from on <laughs> Yeah, it's uh it's bad. I after the show, Jesse, I remember you and I were having a conversation. Yeah. Wherein I confused Lou Diamond Phillips and Edward James Olmos. I gotta go. I gotta head out. <laughs> Greg, wait. Hold Give on. Give me a chance. I just want to like thank everybody out there on the internet for like correcting me constantly. Thank you for all the ats, the text messages, the emails, the DMs, the Facebook messages. Just really everyone for correcting me on those issues because I mean, I want to voice a concern. Here, yeah. Um, the folks who corrected Jordan on the Edward James almost Lou Diamond Phillips error. Mm-hmm. How did you know about that? That was a private conversation between me and Jordan. I didn't say anything about it to anyone. Jordan didn't say anything about it to anyone. Well, Jesse, you know why they call me the Nixon of podcasting? Because <laughs> I'm always recording my enemies. I consider you an enemy, and you're your own deep throat. <laughs> yes, yes, ex- exactly. <laughs> Is that why I kept getting those angry calls from the Washington Post? I mean, maybe. Maybe it was just because you canceled your subscription. I mean, print media is in trouble. I, um, I, uh, when I donated to our uh, local public radio station here, I got a subscription to Los Angeles Magazine as one of my premiums. Uh, I have not renewed this magazine in two years. It just keeps coming. Yeah, that's because those magazines... Especially like a Los An- like a local magazine, yeah. it is a trick. It is not even an actual magazine. No. no, the only one that's an actually a magazine is New York Magazine. 
all the others are not actually magazines. No, it, because you can cancel your subscription because you can get it free on the way out of Whole Foods. Right. Stack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, listen. This is a terrible magazine. There are some good pictures of food in this magazine. So, you know, if they want to keep sending it, I will look at these hey, pictures of food. If they want to keep sending it, you'll keep beating off to it. <laughs> sure, exactly. The glazed ham. Yeah. A getaway in Palm Springs? <laughs> Who's performing in San Bernardino Valley this weekend? <laughs> There's something I I somehow had a subscription to Los Angeles magazine. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what it was? My landlord used to live in my house and um and now I he moved to a different house. I rent his, he continues to own the house that I live in. The logistics didn't need to be explained in such detail. It was obvious. People could have figured it out. But uh my landlord used to live in my house and never did an address change form, I mm-hmm. guess. And we got all his magazines. So we got his Texas A&M alumni magazine. Um, or no, University of Texas, hook em horns. Yeah. Um, black, black asses. Yeah, we got his black asses magazine. Um, they be fat. Okay. Um, PH? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, we got his uh, Fat Beach uh, DVD subscription. Mm-hmm. It's just a subscription where each each month you get... A DVD copy of the film Fat Beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, PH. Are these different at all, or is it the same DVD? Are they like uh, no, director's you, cuts? Or? He would wear them out. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the thing. The guy just loves the antics of the various Tommy Davidson and company. Mm-hmm. I think Tommy Davidson was the star of Fat Beach. <laughs> if he's not, you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Edward James Olmos That's, and Lou yeah. Diamond. Very, I am racist. And I, and you're racist against Latinos, Native Americans, and the sinuous. Sure. The sinuous. sinuous. Well, and I mean, because I confused Elijah Dushku and Charisma Carpenter, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm prejudiced against interchangeable burnettes. <laughs> I actually have a segment on my podcast called Half a Man where people send in these types of people who exist in a space that you don't care. Like if you're watching a movie <laughs> right. and one of them is in it or the other one, okay. it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. So, so who are some other examples? Who are, who are the quintessential examples of this? Well, Andy Dick and Kathy Griffin, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, naturally. (laughs) Can I say something? We've never talked about this on the show, but something really amazing that happened last year at Max FunCon was uh, we had the Upright Citizens Brigade there, and um, uh, it was it was Matt and Matt and Ian were doing ASCAT, and they at the beginning of the show they come out the popular improv show the popular improv show ASCAT, and they they come out and they do a sort of audience Q&A segment. And they often, instead of like a lot of improv groups will get a suggestion, what they'll do is they'll just sort of talk about what's going on with them. And then and one then... will put their hands through the other one's shoulders <laughs> exactly. and they'll make a cake. Bit. Oh my yeah. God. Great bit. Always yeah. good. They'll, uh, they'll do some sort of, they'll do some sort of polling of the audience. Like something that comes up in their impromptu conversation, they'll do some polling of the audience <laughs> and sort of bet, bet against each other about what percentage of the audience will have done what, right? And they did something that they uh, that they said was it came up in their conversation. And then they said, this is something that we've done with audiences before, but we're not going to tell you how it usually comes out because we want you to see how it usually comes out. And the poll was first they asked people 
how many people they well first they first they said which do you think it's going to be more how many people have ridden an elephant or how many people have been sexually assaulted somewhere on this on the unwanted physical sexual attention scale by Andy Dick like who have been touched groped kissed um felt up is some some unwanted physical sexual attention from Andy Dick um, and this was in what town? This was in Lake Arrowhead, California, where we have Max FunCon. So this so it's was not a, even like the middle of Andy Dick's world. No, <laughs> and these, no, and these people are come from all over the yeah. country. So this was not a Hollywood crowd by yeah. any means. And it was, if I remember correctly, two people had ridden an elephant. Three people had been sexually assaulted by Andy Dick. <laughs> Yeah, and and I mean, and and they weren't. This isn't even people like, oh well, I was at the Groundling. No, or, no, none I was of at, them were in Los Angeles. No, he yeah. Andy Dick traveled somewhere else and harassed someone who was not part of the entertainment industry. He is wow. essentially a traveling sexual assaultor. Mm-hmm. So um, he works against the whole Megan's Law thing because he's yes, on the move. He's on right? the move. Yes. Yeah, he should. He should have like you know. You know how in like a movie about a military tracking screen, there's like a green dot with a pinging <laughs> circle around him? Sure. Like there's probably a guy that is, that is in a bunker somewhere in Washington, D.C. that just has a screen that's it's just Andy Dick and a 50-yard radius of people being sexually harassed, assaulted, and having unwanted sexual, physical sexual attention addressed towards them but to the it was two dudes and one lady by the way but the beauty of that is if you want to be successful in show business and i don't think we're all talking about andy dick so you can say andy dick's gonna have to touch your junk he you know i've worked i did two pilots with the guy wow and i don't believe he made any sexual advances on me Mm. and i'm not gonna make the joke oh what's wrong with me sure but notice we're talking about him and he's not in jail for sexual harassment. Right. Right. So he has managed to just be right on that line right. where it's page six, yeah. but it's not chapter 11. Yeah. Sure. He has danced no, along and, that line and, you for know, many and, and a that year. Is, and that is, and that is the, the tightrope that, that I think the, the, the famous uh, the famous have to. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, look, Britney Spears. I mean, we're still talking about her hitting that car with that umbrella. Mm-hmm. I mean, not us, but Paula the Abdul made music in the 80s. Sure. And is still in the page. You have to have enough madness. I mean, even aside from your getting public attention, but you have to have this kind. It it, ha, it can help a lot anyway to have this kind of madness where responsible people who are not talented have a job to do, which is to like grab you by the shoulders and point you and push you towards. Your mark. Safety. Yeah. <laughs> or just, yeah, or just. Or out of the street. Just yeah, out like, of the, just uh, out, of, as- out of traffic. An associate producer or whatever. Someone who who wanted to be in show business, isn't talented, but does show up for work. That person needs a job and they need to feel like they contributed something to the efforts. They've and so it's they need people involved to in the production. Of, a kind of flume for Andy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and, and to have enough people on speed dial that an intervention can be done 
within 24 hours. That's right. He's the point person on the intervention. Sure. It's yeah. a, he's, he's the start of the phone tree. Yeah. <laughs> the intervention phone tree. <laughs> and he's the one that walks him into the room. Yeah. When what? He gets ambushed. I mean, I don't. I, not, Hello, Mr. Bonaducci. <laughs> yeah. Not, not that I'm asking you to, to dish or anything, but what was it like working on pilots with him? Were the, what were the, did the shows turn out good? Was it a. He is brilliant. He I is I mean really God I mean I think talented. I mean like news radio is so funny and he's and so great on that. And watch his old sketch show from MTV. Sure, it totally. It is like really inspired. Have you ever seen Greg? He did this thing with Dino Stamatopoulos, who's now currently a writer on has become recently well known for being Starburns on mm-hmm. Community. But brilliant comedy writer Dino Stamatopoulos, who wrote for. Uh, who wrote Chris for Rock, the Ben Stiller Conan. show. I mean, a million different things, yeah. Mr. Show. Um, and uh, he and he and Dino had a uh, doubles act uh, at one point er, early in the 90s. And they reunited to do this bit that they had done in their doubles act uh, on Kimmel because Jimmy Kimmel heard about this 10 years later and knew them and said, will you do that on my show? So this is what the bit was, and you can find it on YouTube. I, I, uh, I actually, I may have been the person that put it on YouTube. Um, but why did you whisper? It's, well, it's I don't know. It's illegal. I, I don't know. Maybe Jimmy Kimmel's listening. He's upset sure. that I'm stealing his. Or maybe show. someone in Jimmy Kimmel's office is listening. So yeah. if Jesse would have said it loudly, Jimmy Kimmel would have heard. Yeah, since it, he, got yeah, it. Well yeah. exactly. Well so. Um, this is essentially what the bit is, and I'm not ruining it by saying it because the the, the bit is just this. Um, it, it's seeing it that makes it uh, that that makes it funny. It's them doing who's on first verbatim. The two of them doing who's on first verbatim, and I don't remember which one is Abbott and which one is Costello. But um, Dino Stamatopoulos is the one who uh, is getting everything wrong, is being confusing. And Andy so Dick is the and Andy Dick is the one who's getting more and more frustrated. Yeah. And every time that Andy Dick gets frustrated, every time uh, every time Dino Stamatopoulos says something that is confusing, uh, Andy Dick just punches Dino Stamatopoulos, <laughs> just full on strikes him, not a stage punch, actually hits him in the face. In the face. Punches him like basically punches him bloody, and Dino is uh, has discussed publicly the fact that he's a masochist, so he is fine with this. But it is it is like so they're just doing who's on first, but it is like what if who's on first also involved one of Abbott and Costello just kicking the shit Hmm. out of the other one. For for being so obtuse, I love that, and it is the most amazing thing. And Andy Dick's spectacular in it. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, just as spectacular as he was on news radio. But yeah, him and Sketch, he commits to something, and he is a master. You know, engaged. He's engaged. Yes, and you know, he mm-hmm. just really talented. And I said to him, I was the, I was the showrunner on one of the shows, and I was also in it. And I said to him, look, he, he wasn't drinking. I go. If we're shooting and you're drinking, I leave and I go home. And so two weeks go by, nothing, perfect. We start, uh, we're shooting in a bar one night. He orders beer, starts drinking, and he's looking around and going, where's Greg? They said he left. He went home. Hmm. Never happened again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that responds to boundaries. He's just surrounded by these people you're describing. Right, who, who are just yes. pointing him. Yes. And, sure, exactly. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think it's like any star. You just nobody tells them. Right. That they're being an asshole. Sure. <laughs> you know? That's the problem with Jordan. 
Yeah. Just <laughs> let me let me know, guy. Put me in my place. If I can see this guy's behavior is out of control. But you know, and that's why he has to, we have to start every show starts with an apology like this. It, yeah, yeah it's I mean, getting, we're, he's apologizing for really being racist against. Uh, I mean, Latinos, brunette women, Native American, mm-hmm. brunettes, the sinuous. Do you believe if there was a new race that you didn't know about, you could find a way to dislike them categorically? Well. <laughs> It would have to start with one of their women not fucking me. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm fine with everyone until one of the women turns me down. It's, I mean, it's happened with all these groups. Sinuous. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the classic story. It's, like, it's just like Lewis and Clark. Medium height, pleasant brunettes. Just traveling from tribe to tribe. <laughs> Trying to fuck. Being, being denied. racist. And then being, yeah. And then leaving disease in their wake. Sure, yes, exactly. And then I give them a blanket. That's uh, so whores are actually the only group of people that you don't disdain. I, you know, they're 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 an industrious people, uh, rich <laughs> a rich culture, great food. Oh, and their music. It yeah. is just so. It's just joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. The whores are great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back also, in just a- Oh, also pocket pussies. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. I'm Jordan Jessico. This episode of Jordan Jesse Go, supported by your donations and by Comedy Bang Bang on IFC. A hilarious new comedy show. It's got Scott Ackerman, it's got Andy Daly, it's got Reggie Watts, all kinds of hilarious people being hilarious. Starts June 8th at 10 p.m., followed by Bunk with Kurt Brownaller. It's great. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hi, Greg Fitzsimmons, Fitzdog Radio. It's the name of his show. I don't know if it's really a strictly speaking a nickname. I mean, you know, it's it's functional. It it helps it helps him plug his show. Yeah, and that's like, great. It's great. I mean, it's a great show. It's a great show. People should listen to it. So yeah. I'm not against Greg. If you want your nickname to also be your show, because... can I do a different one? Yeah, I mean, if you want to, Greg Fitzsimmons, Grapefruit Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's better. That's, that's better. Yeah. Also, listen to Fitzdog Radio. Yeah, yeah. Available on iTunes. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, you earned. <laughs> You earned as many plugs as we can fit in mm-hmm. with Grapefruit Simmons. That's tremendous. A woman called a comedy club. Let's assume she was an overweight black woman. And she said, <laughs> she goes, who's, who's, on, who's on the show tonight? And they said, she was from the 1930s also. Yeah. And, and they said, well, it's Jackie Flynn and uh, Anthony Clark and Greg Fitzsimmons. And she says, is Grapefruit Simmons the headliner? <laughs> and so everybody in Boston calls me Grapefruit Simmons. And I missed an opportunity to brand myself back in 90. Yeah, this happened. I should have. I should have jumped on the sure. grapefruit bandwagon. Oh man, grapefruit Simmons. That's like the greatest. Holy mackerel! You could be, you could be the king of the Luxor in Vegas. <laughs> now it's Carrot Top, but it yeah. could have been Grapefruit Simmons. Think of all the ways you could go with the name Grapefruit Simmons. You could be like a sort of like number one. You could be a white guy that does. Showtime at the Apollo. Yes. Number one. Yep. 
you could be like, what's up, y'all? It's it's your boy, Grapefruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's your favorite honky, Grapefruit Simmons. What's up, y'all? Like you, can't, you can't see this, but Jesse's raising the roof as he does. He yeah. was raising the roof. Um, it was a sort of three quarters. Yeah. I don't know what this is called. This isn't quite raising the roof. No, that's sort this of like cleaning thing. the gutters. Yeah. Cleaning <laughs> <laughs> the gutters. You could, but you could also take it to Branson. I think this is something you could take to Branson, Missouri. Get yourself a, a mid- spot at the Yakov Smirnoff. Yeah, exactly. Theater. Get yourself a middle spot on Yakov's show. And if you don't think that Las Vegas has a citrus convention every year, and that they're not looking for a headliner mm-hmm. each year, sure. Every year they call up. They call up all the big comedy agencies. Mm-hmm. They say, "Get me a citrus guy." And they say carrot top, and they go, "That's produce. Yeah, yeah. that's a root. <laughs> it's a, that's a root, not a citrus." <laughs> like, I don't want a tuber guy. I don't want to. Yeah. That, this is this is fucking like I don't know. Get me somebody like an Orange Johnson. <laughs> would Grapefruit Simmons mm. do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh. It, yeah, you know it's... why I'm silent right now is that I really feel like I fucked up. Blew my it. You're yeah. thinking about people don't remember me. I've been doing this for 22 years. Uh, very, I've done you know uh, some amazing credits. I've yeah. done four Emmys. I've I've been on Letterman uh, ten times and Conan. And when you say that you've when you say that you've done four Emmys, you have friends who have won Emmys. You've gone over to their house while they were asleep and fucked their Emmys. Did I say done? Yeah. Do you have four Emmys? You have not fucked an award. You're an Emmy award have, winner. I have three Emmys because I sent one to my mom. If we're going to be the most literal people. In, uh, I just thought it would be funny to imagine you fucking an Emmy. The reason, I, the I reason I'm uh, on the reason your... I hate Jews <laughs> is because uh, I was turned down for sex by a Bernay Brith Award. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm raising the roof. <laughs> Again, you're cleaning. I'm the gutters. cleaning the gutters. Yeah, I'm cleaning, cleaning the, the gutters. gutters. Yeah, it's uh, raising the roof. It's, cleaning the gutters. Not to celebrate my own remark, but this has become like an aerobics class in here mm-hmm. with the amount it of different very, uh, physical. Yeah, it's sweat. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like a hot yoga, a, a, a Bikram yoga. Bikram, Bikram yoga. yoga. It's like a, a hot yoga, yoga with uh, with denim, <laughs> right? Yeah, and golf shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot. look. You've had an amazing career, Greg, and I think you you will only it will only continue to grow in success. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I saying love- <laughs> this grapefruit Jones thing. <laughs> I changed it to Grapefruit Jones, by the way. I like that better. It's just a little punchier. I mean, it's not your real. It doesn't no longer rhymes with your real name. Mm. But no, in this scenario, nobody cares what your real name is. No. Anyway, no. You got going to have to get yourself some overalls, one yep. way or the other. Got they're it. either going to be. There's two ways you could go with this. Again, they're either going to be sort of Oshkosh Bagash style overalls, and you're going to need, you know, a piece of wheat, mm-hmm. or they're going to be like yellow Carl Connie overalls. Yeah. And I don't recommend- Chuck Taylor's <laughs> red. <laughs> I, do not, I do not recommend FUBU overalls, because that is for them and by them. Yes. And they will pick up on that at the Apollo. It's a very sensitive audience. Got it. It's like I can't use the N-word or wear FUBU. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but you can say honky. And I recommend that you open with honky because they got to know where you stand. Yeah. If you t- if you say that's your thing, then they can't put it back at you. And you're kissing the ring. You're Absolutely. Them, you're saying you you are the oppressor. Yeah. And I am the honky. <laughs> yeah. And they will not only raise the roof, they will actually get up and take the chimney and jack it a couple yeah. inches higher. Yeah. Jack jack in the chimney. <laughs> you know that classic move. Sure. Jack the old the jack in the chimney. chimney. When I'm up in the club, I'm jacking the chimney. Sure. I'm cleaning the gutters. And why wouldn't you be? I'm fucking the Grammy. I'm why fucking the Grammy. Why wouldn't you be? 
Why wouldn't you be, He's Jordan? He's jacking the chimney. Oh, I thought that was just white smoke coming out. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It's okay. Jordan, have you uh, – uh, I, I, well, this is something that we touched on briefly in the last episode last week. Mm-hmm. But I want to get back to it because it's something that I really feel like I need to dig into. Sure. Um, you have actually had a lot more free time on your hands lately because mm-hmm. your your old job at, at uh, the television network Fuel TV mm-hmm. uh, was all consuming. Sure, this was a job where you never knew where you were going to be at what time. Um, it was sort of like being... I got consumption. That's <laughs> how all consuming it was. Is I got a disease from the twenties. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Really? No, I did not get consumption. Oh, oh. That would have been cool though. Yeah. Yeah, would have been fun. You could have you could have been sent to one of those recovery camps in Arizona because mm-hmm. of the dry air. Yes, and yep. you know what also helps it is uh, grapefruit, right? Oh no, that's gout. I think that's gout. <laughs> well, old, I just need I just need to either, hear a couple of jokes and the signature one liners yeah. from Grapefruit Simmons. <laughs> Laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> it exactly. That's it. Robin Williams did that. It worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it was called Bicentennial Man. So I am wondering what you're up to, like to fill in the time that you're because you are working part time right yeah, now. Well, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I've done a pretty good job of kind of being a freelancer who works on various bits and bops. Let's call mm. them. You're running numbers. I'm running numbers. Uh, white slavery. <laughs> sure. Child brides from Russia. <laughs> yeah. You want them? I can get them. Uh, yeah, I'm like the bad guys in the movie Taken, basically. That's what I'm right. up to. Uh, no, so, you know, actually, it, my... You're making juice on the street corner with one of those big crank arms mm-hmm. under the pseudonym Grapefruit Jones. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it's been, it's, it's been, uh, it's been interesting kind of, you know, kind of having to always think about setting up my next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done pretty good doing it, um, but... It's it's weird. I, I definitely have the bends a little bit from not going into the same office, um, uh, you know, every day, six days a week, ten hours a day, um, and it's weird. And 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 it's so I'm I'm finding that my like, you know, my just general lows have been getting a little lower. I've been, you know, just when that kind of blah hits me, it's been a little more palpable than I would like it to be. So I and the advice that everybody keeps giving me on this is yoga. Everybody's saying absolutely yoga. Do yeah. some, you know, kind of yoga and exercise, which is not I'm not naturally an exerciser. No, by no means. So, yeah. <laughs> God no. <laughs> uh, um so yeah, so I, de- I I decided I should give it a try. There's a there's a yoga studio, you know, literally on Caddy Corner from my house. Um and so I, I've been going to it for about two months now, uh, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but the kind of the original, the first struggle I had, RE Yoga, was just like looking, uh, looking on their website. And, um, you know, I could kind of, my thing was like, oh, I, I can go in the morning before I go into whatever job. Um, so I just kind of was looking at the times and... A different person teaches that morning class every day. So you could roll over the name and look at a little picture and have a little bio of whoever was teaching the class. And my first struggle was it doesn't really matter what day I go in. All of these classes would kind of work for me time-wise. Do I want a babe to be leading the class? Mm-hmm. So because have you ever done yoga before? I have not done yoga before. And so you're setting yourself up. Right. 
And the question is, are do I mean the assumption is that you're not going to be a let's say uh, let's call it a star of the yoga class. Sure, and it's a competition. It's a very competitive uh, right. sport. Well, your goal is ultimately to get to the national yoga championship. Right. Exactly. Yes. I did recently watch a video of Alan Thick hosting the National Aerobics Championship. I've also watched that. That's syndi- not true. On, yes, it is. On syndicated television from, I'm going to say, the er, mid-1980s, like a 1986, 1987. The greatest thing about that is, you know, we all put pressure on ourselves on every job because uh-huh. it's important. And to host that must feel like I'm going to not care and it's going to be great. No, he wrote his own aerobics monologue. <laughs> he has an aerobics monologue with aerobics jokes in it. And he wrote an aerobics theme song for the thing. Wow. Anyway. way off on that. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. But the question is, the, the, the fact is, and I'm not saying this is a judgment of you because the truth is that I would probably be worse at yoga than you are. Yeah. I'm I'm awful at it. Just on the table. I am really bad at it. I cannot do these things. So, um, so do you want to embarrass yourself right. in front of... Right. So, I, I, you know, and I, I think, you know, when there oh, is... Wait, are you saying sure, sure. that... I think what you're saying, Jesse, is that you should be going conversely to somebody who's less attractive because you'd feel less self-conscious? Well, this, it's, the th- it's, it's a tough call. Because you uh, you know you're going to be self-conscious because, number one, you're doing yoga. I mean, that's enough to make sure. you self-conscious, I yeah. think. Number two, you're Jordan. Right. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, Which is humiliating, <laughs> just on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> number, but n- number three. I always feel, even if they're not, I always feel like my pants are around my ankles and I've got heart boxer shorts on. <laughs> that's the, my general mental state. <laughs> But the question is, the question is, do you have, do you want to take some time to get to a base level of competency that will allow you to not shame yourself in front of an attractive member of the opposite sex? Or, and I'm going to throw this out there, are you the kind of man... And I'm saying man because I think that this is uh, probably as um, uh, three times more likely to be a male issue than a lady <laughs> issue, uh, not least because there's going to be a lot more lady yoga teachers. Um, are you the type? Although of you man- know, I actually did. I brought this up to a friend, and she said uh, a, a female friend, and she yeah. said she had similar feelings because the yoga. The male yoga instructors are always pretty good looking. Ah. So I, yeah, not as much of an issue, but. I think it exists. Anyway, Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Okay. So are you the type of man or woman who can use your ineptitude to your advantage in some way? Mm. Which I think is a type of man or woman. I think there is a type of person who can be horrible at something in front of an attractive person and somehow twist that into an advantage because they need help from the attractive person. <laughs> yeah, like I, for me also, it is just because uh, kind of a, the other issue is that because I am, I feel like a little lower than I have been in my life. These my kind of general my, my lows have been lower. Like I'm already feeling a little bit self conscious. I'm not really where I want to be, and that like I feel like I'm going to fail at this pose. You know, at let's say 
tree pose. Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, this attractive yoga instructor is saying, wow, he can't even lift his foot up to his taint. By the way, I bet he'll tree- also never finish that screenplay he's been oh, talking about. she sees all of it. Boy, I bet he has trouble with relationships. She'll think to herself. So I'm feeling. I, so I have to like be reminded of all my shortcomings as soon as I tip over. You know, in this yoga class. But is that because of the yoga, or because yoga is at hand? Because you're bad at yoga, or is it just because taints came up? Uh, I mean, you know, obviously. I mean, I mean listen, obviously, taint. I've got an unusual. I've got an unusually large taint. Right. Well, no, let's get to that. The tree sure, sure. pose, if people aren't familiar with it, is you have you're rooted to the ground. That's mm-hmm. why it's called tree. One yeah, foot yeah. is on the ground. Your other foot, you take the heel and you run it up the inside of your thigh. Sure. And as a female, right up to where it naturally stops mm-hmm. inside your cooch. <laughs> If you can get it there, you're you're level five. <laughs> now, <laughs> Yoga is graded. We should explain yes. in levels one yeah. to five. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, if you're grazing the flap, okay, level four. <laughs> you're almost home. Now, if you're a man, no, five. No. That's when you meet Alan Fish. <laughs> yeah. On Channel Forty Four. Note to editor: title of this episode: Grazing the Flap. Grazing. <laughs> And yoga. And jacking the chimney. (laughs) uh, But as a man, you raise that heel up. You get to a certain level. You are now in a very sensitive, uncomfortable area. Sure. And you're supposed to then push the foot against the inner thigh to stay in place. Mm -hmm. Particularly when your lows are feeling lower than ever before. Sure, exactly. My my testicles are droopier. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I've been accused of being emotionally <laughs> retarded. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, this this act this specific pose uh, not a problem with me. I am so bad at lifting my foot okay. close to my balls. So uh, it's not even in the ball neighborhood. Got it. It's it's not even in the ballpark. It's yeah. <laughs> it's barely post knee my foot. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Anyways, so I I event I I thought about it. I thought long and hard, uh, and I went with dude. I went with uh, you know dude who looks like he might be a roadie for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Got some tribal tats, kind eyes. Kind eyes, uh, and so I, I, I've, I've been showing up, and, and he's, he's really nice and, and helpful. Anthony, and... I've got your fig bars. Yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't worry, Chad Smith. I've got the various oils you asked for. You just want to hack after the show, is what he says. Does anyone here need their dick sucked? There's a line outside. <laughs> yeah, um, or I'll do it. <laughs> Sexuality is fluid. That's the kind of guy this is. He'll suck a dick and then play the didgeridoo. Um, but here, this brings up an interesting point. If you're going to choose a, a male instructor versus a female, mm-hmm. I think you're, you're, you're making the agenda correct. Yeah. Because you're not going in to get titillated. You're right. going in for, for a Zen thing. Sure. If you go to a, a male doctor and knowing that there is going to be the proctology moment. Yes. Do you go to an old, kind man with mm. soft hands, or do you go to probably a more capable, young, well-trained doctor? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Who looks like he uh, is in Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. <laughs> I guess that's, that's the question, I guess. Who do you go to? I, I look on my health, health provider's website, <laughs> and I try and find someone with tribal tattoos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look for tribal tats. 
If in that professional headshot I can spot any tribal tats, then I know they'd be good for a buddy to go rock hopping with mm-hmm. and trunning. Mm-hmm. And also and someone who knows how to uh, grow the mother kombucha mushroom. Uh huh. So that you don't, so you can get. So you don't have to buy it. And you have to pay those premiums at Whole Foods. And yeah. after the exam, know where the raw food cart is. Right, exactly. Because yeah. he's got the app. Know where he can get some a good a good quinoa wrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been going. So the dude's been great, and the the class is actually just give because of its location is mostly uh, super super muscular forty to fifty year old gay men. Um, so that's you know. So there's not typically I'm not embarrassed in front of the pupils. Uh, it's in a gay nightclub. Yeah, it's in a gay nightclub. It's at Rage. <laughs> yeah, it's a midnight class. It's a, yeah, it's a midnight class, and uh, it's it, called it's called uh, it's called the Poppers session. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the whole thing is actually kind of moot because he has this just fucking beautiful lady helper that oh, her job is to go around and, and notice the you. ways in which I'm failing. Yeah, she's a yoga fluffer. <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, so my my the humiliation still exists, mm-hmm. um, but the yoga has actually been good. It's actually been great for my mood and you know just general well-being, I think. How often better? do you yoga? Uh, once or twice a week. It sounds like you've also yoged. Yeah, Greg, you seem to Greg. you know 15, you knew the lingo. Fifteen years, really? Fifteen. I got a bad back, and uh, it's been amazing for me. And I, I go in, and uh, it, it is uh, my neighborhood is um, Venice, mm. and there's a class, and it's uh, it's very like you know you get these Santa Monica party chicks that you know their dads are paying for their two bedroom while they work in a cubicle for some horrible agent, and then on the weekends they drink their faces off. <laughs> And then they drag themselves into like a 9 a.m. yoga class on a Sunday. Giant uh, plastic Starbucks cup. It's not a cup. Right. It's a silo of Starbucks. And then they come in and they've got on the leotard and, the, you know, there's a camel toe and the hair isn't done. Sure. And then they, they get on the mat. You can smell the alcohol and you're just like, this <laughs> just is sweat. The They're just sweating out margarita. Yeah. Just sweating out skinny bitch margarita. Yeah. That's a brand. I'm not yeah. sexist. And they're, yeah, it's just shame-based yoga. And it's not, <laughs> it's not where I want to be. Shame-based yoga. Wait, but this is an important question because this is something that is weird to me about yoga that I need addressed here and I want to know about each mm-hmm. of your yoga places. Mm. I um I'm afraid to do yoga for many many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All of the reasons that Jordan listed and more. Um but one of the things that makes me really and so I don't want to seem like I'm on my high horse about this. But one of the things about yoga specifically, relative to, say, Pilates or something like that, that makes me uncomfortable about it is that I don't have a deep understanding of yoga, but I'm pretty sure it's... uh, You are friends with Neil Pollock. I am friends with Neil Pollock, who did write an entire book about (laughs) yoga. Um, But it's, it's a religious practice, or has its origins in a religious practice, and... I feel weird, A, about people that are just uh, get into someone as someone's religious practice for religious practice reasons, (laughs) but not just people who dabble in religions, Mm. like religious dabblers, people who are spiritual but not religious. 
that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> People who would want, like, if someone wanted to talk to me about the spiritual aspects of yoga, but also they weren't actually. And, right, sure. They were interested in it. Yeah. yeah. When it made them sound interesting. Yeah, sure. that that would make me uncomfortable. That makes me very uncomfortable. But then I also understand that there's another version of yoga where it's where there's no mention of any of that and sports yoga. Then it's, yeah, and that also makes where you me listen to the classic Huey, Huey Lewis album. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, the class is just the length of the album. Yes. When when I need a new job comes on, you know it's time for Shavasana. <laughs> Uh, that's why this man's fucked an Emmy (laughs) he just says something like that and the the little golden guy just bends right over give it to me Um, but if you if you extract all of the religious content that also makes me kind of uncomfortable (laughs) like that also makes me feel weird about it it's why I don't listen to George Harrison after the Beatles yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah, I can't stand George Harrison of the Beatles, even though it's beautiful music. Uh, but he I, here's this guy who decided, you know, I'm going to I'm going Buddhist, and then I'm going to uh, represent Buddhism to the world. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, but you're using the same chords as uh, uh, who is it? He got uh, convicted for stealing. Um, oh, you're right, my sweet lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I, yeah. It would be a great poll if anyone could Parker think of Jr. it. Ray Parker Jr. Sure, yes. Um, She's So Fine by oh, okay. the Rondells. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's the point being, he uh, Buddhism is done over a lifetime. And yeah. he picked it up for a few years and all of a sudden was going around with Ravi Shankar. And, and, and it just, to me, turned me off to, um, you know, I'll, I'll read real Buddhism. I'll read the Book of the Dead. I'll go deep. But I don't want a cheerleader for it telling me about it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. The, I, what I'm saying is I just – it just makes – the whole like I'm not sure what to make of the idea of – I'm not even sure what to make of the idea as exercise as religious practice. And so um, I'm not that I'm against it. But I'm not sure where I stand on it for me personally. And so both removing it and leaving it in – seem like weird versions of cultural imperialism that I'm not entirely comfortable with. <laughs> Let me ask you two questions. Okay, number your, one. Your feeling on luau's in Hawaii. Do you go or not go? I was invited to a luau in Hawaii. I did not go to it. Correct answer then. Number two, do you eat the free lunch with the Hare Krishnas? I have never I have never eaten a free lunch with the Hare Krishnas. I but wrong answer. <laughs> I, what what circumstances? I, why why would I do that? Because they want you to have it with no expectations. I'm not of against, it, and it's phenomenal food. I'm not against. Eating what do you this. what do you, when you're going in for a Hare Christian lunch? What are you getting? I've never I've maybe it's, heard of this, but I don't know specifically. It's vegetarian, if not vegan. Okay. I believe it's vegan. Yeah, and it's like you know uh, lettuce lettuce wraps. Okay, and um, all kinds of tasty, sweet little. Um, that's the beauty of it. You don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yet, it's like Ethiopian food. And then this you is a paste. Song, you got the song and dance after it, and it's not uh-huh. like a hardcore Dianetics where they want your email and yeah, they're going to yeah. start lurking. No, it's, uh, it's, it's there for you to share in, you know, uh, whereas the luau really is a celebration of the four remaining Hawaiians that were not decimated <laughs> by colonialism. And right. now they're dancing for the tourists, smiling. Sure. Like, it's okay. It's okay. 
yeah, we're fine. And real, it's like a, it's probably Puerto Ricans. It's probably not even real Hawaiians. And people pay like hundreds of dollars to go to these luau's, and uh, it's basically yeah, it's the yoga version of the what do you call those people? Polynesian. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's. It's it is a God. Also, when you were saying that, like, wouldn't it be because I'm, I'm thinking about these um, <laughs> entitled Santa Monica women that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they had another religious practice that they did when they were hungover? <laughs> like, oh, I just I, I go in for a communion. I fucking had a rough night. <laughs> Little of the wine, bite of the dog. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's hair what, of the dog. Yeah. The wine is the hair of the dog. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. It's 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 funny. The one I go to is is. Pretty, I mean, pretty a religious. No one has even said namaste. Um, so yeah, it's it's it seems free of the thing. Um, there is some uh, tapestries up. You know what I want to do? Hmm. I think I've we've talked about this on the show before, but instead of going to a yoga studio, I want to go to a studio where you do uh, communist China calisthenics. Yes. <laughs> where you wear like a a black smock or something. Yeah, you know how everybody has to. I mean, it's fading now. Someone sure. sent us. Someone actually, when we when this came up on the show uh, a few months ago, someone sent me an article about how some young people in China won't do it, and so Wait, is that their names? Some young. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hold on. You're thinking of Lou Diamond Phillips, <laughs> sure. Um, the <laughs> some some young people in China won't do the calisthenics. Um, and so it's like a big deal in China and, you know, it's like sort of like creeping Westernism versus, you know, why do we all have to act, do exactly the same calisthenics at exactly the oh, same time the every morning. the communist party line is to do Yeah, everybody exact... does these calisthenics in yeah. the morning. And um, I, had a, uh, I had a teacher in middle school uh, who had lived in China for a while and had us do China calisthenics as in PE class. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty fun, pretty fun set of calisthenics. Uh, they work great for everybody, including, uh, old Chinese ladies in the park, as I'm sure you guys have witnessed. Sure. Oh yeah. With the arm, the arm circles yeah. followed by a flick. Arm, arm flicks. Cir- yeah. You know about the uh, big arm circles, little arm circles. Yeah, sure. The whole nine yards. And, uh, I would like to st- open a chain of communist China. I yeah. I love it. And granted. Has the government of communist China been associated with some mid-sized genocides? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not directly associated to the calisthenics. The calisthenics have probably saved a few lives by promoting good heart health. Sure. But sure. they did make them more affected at, effective at committing genocide <laughs> because they don't get winded as quickly yeah, during various when they're purges. exterminating. But didn't the Chinese also come up with Kung Fu where you can defend yourself from genocide? So isn't there – Oh, yeah. That is an interesting theory that you're working on. <laughs> it's not fully developed There's yet. There's yin-yang is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, that is. I'm going to work on it more in the yeah, corner. Yeah, bring it up with your yoga teacher and see – See if your yogi has anything. I see those old Chinese people, and they are in perfect shape. They're moving good. Mm -hmm. They got nice, nice, comfortable uh, joints. Got a lot of joint movement. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bow. There's a lot of like leaning down and touching toes, and there are a lot of arm circles and cleaning the gutters. Yeah, raising the the roof. Yep. Sometimes I like all. I like all those moves. Mm -hmm. I think that's a nice solution because you don't have to worry about. In fact, not only do you not have to worry about religion, 
religion is explicitly banned. <laughs> right. Anyone who practices, anyone who practices religion, yeah. you put them in the, put them in the, get rid of them. Yeah. You know, or has too many girl babies. Yeah, <laughs> both of those. You cannot come in the studio. Oh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Greg Fitzsimmons, Grapefruit Simmons. <laughs> How dare you? Love it. Love it. Sorry. You could you know what you could do? I'm just gonna throw something out here. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying. Look, I'm not your manager. I'm not your agent. Watch what you say because I am Greg's manager. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and this is confident in what we're doing here. Is... I am here to poach you from Jordan. Oh, okay. that's what I'm here to. I've do. I've been working for you, Greg. Hey, I've look, man, it's you. just uh, I've outgrown you. All right. I, you know, I was a small grapefruit before. Hey, stick with me, and you'll be fucking Oscars by the end of the year. I can introduce <laughs> you to a lot of really powerful people. Like you know, um. Have you ever met Jordan Morris from Jordan Jesse Go? I know him. Jesse, I'm you're good trying to poach him. me. You're trying to poach him from me. <laughs> yeah, well, we're good friends, so I can introduce. Him. I can set. I can set you up on a meeting with Jordan Morris. He's. I already represent him. Have he you ever met? Have a, he can have a meeting with me anytime. Have you ever met Kurt Anderson from Public Radio International Studio 360? Uh, familiar with his work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can. I can set you up on a meeting with but him. But I, I know him though. I might be. Oh, okay. So um, you can probably set that up yourself. Well, what you just set up is really not that far from how things work in have, Hollywood. Have you ever met Have you ever met uh, Guy Raz from Weekend Edition, the host of Weekend Edition, Weekend All Things Considered? Yeah, we had a barbecue last weekend. Okay, house. can you could you introduce me to him? <laughs> have you ever met Simon the Baby? I would love. Again, do you think I haven't had a manager ask me to introduce him to somebody in the studio? It's. No. I mean, this is none of this is parody. This is dead this on. Is, yeah, this is a documentary. My friend told me about a show he was working on where the star's manager leveraged himself to become a producer by saying, my client won't do this show unless I produce. Client, unaware of oh, that particular no. leverage being applied. That he was potentially being fucked. Yes. And then the, uh, the manager took so much money out of the budget as a producer that there was very little money. Why? Because the agent was also packaging the show, meaning an agent can bring two or three pieces of talent to yeah. a show and then get a fee as a packager, which really means, wait, so your clients are all getting work and then we're paying you extra because we're giving these people this great situation? Okay, got that. Then the my friend wanted to negotiate down the manager-producer fee so there'd be more money to hire another writer. He was referred to the agent who represents the star because that agent had made the producing deal for the manager. Wow. That's a – that's a, and how much coke did everyone do? Isn't that amazing? Wow. Hmm. How do we get into that business? <laughs> we got to get into that business. Yeah. We once interviewed Dustin Diamond. Would you like his home phone number? <laughs> that actually – now you're paying this thing nice. off. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's my pitch for you, Got Greg. It. Instead of going back in time and abandoning the Greg Fitzsimmons career track and all the Emmys and all the prestige and all the yoga for Grapefruit Simmons, how about this? Put in, put, get a little bit of money together. Get yourself a nice hat, a nice 
farmer type hat and a good fake beard. And this is important. It has to be good. Nice pair of overalls. <laughs> Start yourself a parallel career mm, as Grapefruit Simmons. It. I love it. Get yourself a few gigs. I don't think it's that hard to rise in the ranks of the country bumpkin co- co- comedy community. You want you me will go- have to suck the dick of one of Jeff Dunham's puppets. Were <laughs> uh, you saying that's a, as a downside? No, yeah, I mean it's it's just a reality. So you're talking about a Buster Poindexter move right here. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. You already have the classy, sure, high end, prestigious New York Dolls type career. Yes. You've already influenced the face of now you got to get that hot, hot, hot money. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking you can't about. Play, you can't play CBGBs forever, Greg. No. You need to get to the main room at Caesars. Sure. Yeah. With and, hot, hot, hot. And the road to the main room at Caesars is paved with overalls. Mm-hmm. It, one know, strap overalls, by the way. It's a diagonal mm-hmm. strap. you got to let one down. Yep. Why? What what is the uh, the history of the one shoulder strap down on the overalls? I think you're letting the audience know that you're dumb. Like it's a it's a it's a, it's a nonverbal signal to the audience. You're like, hey, I'm just a dummy, you know. And I yeah. think they like that. I think they're comforted by knowing that you're not gonna, you know. I don't know. I think it's a gonna... tri- I think it's a tribute to the late Lisa Left Eye Lopes. Mm. <laughs> she was great. Or to the to the great uh, Linda Ronstadt off the shoulder look on the cover sure. of um, sure one of her albums that I can't remember sure. Sports by Huey Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when something momentous <laughs> happens to uh, those of you in our audience, we ask that you give us a call two zero six nine eight four four F U N. We have some telephone calls here to share with you today. Brian Fernandez, our helpful associate producer, on the ones and twos. Hopefully, this is going to work. Press play, Brian. JJ, go. Momentous occasion. I was just driving downtown, listening to Mabim Bam. Sorry, I had already plowed through the JJ Go episode, which always comes first. And I saw a gentleman riding a bicycle. Uh, we'll start from the top down. He had a hunchback, either that or the worst case of scoliosis. Those two may be the same things. Uh, but there was almost like a 90-degree angle out of his back. And then, of course, he was wearing uh, one of those utility, which is just a nice way of saying he was wearing a skirt. Uh, but it had a slit in it, and so it, as he turned towards me, it fell open and revealed uh, his balls that were also hanging out of his very loose boxers. So scoliosis kilt balls, downtown Portland. Boo, 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 boo. There there are a few things on earth that I am more against, and I apologize in advance. There's no no other way to say this, nerds. There are a few things on earth that I am more against than the utility kilt. Because all it is, is it is like you took the nerd fedora. And pushed it to a scale of 10,000. It is just a fucking... Oh, it's just like, look what an asshole I can be. <laughs> That's what it's saying. 
and not regular kilts. Look, if you are a Scottish person, and I've uh, we've had this. I've gotten uh, when I last proclaimed this opinion, which I hold very strongly on this program. Uh, some whiny bitches emailed me, and by bitches, I mean gentlemen that are for some reason. Oh, I'm so upset right now. I understand. Oh, wow. Talk it out. Okay. If you are a Scottish person, then it is a thousand percent appropriate for you to wear a kilt. I say go to fucking town. What if you're in Slayer? Or Guns N' Roses. More Guns N' Roses. Like a metal band. Yeah, I mean... If you're in a thing where it's appropriate for you to wear a ridiculous costume, such as a metal band, then yes, everyone in a metal band is expected to wear something ridiculous. So yes, if you are in, I mean, look, that's like saying, I don't think, like, that's like if I was saying, I don't think men should walk around in a diaper (laughs) and then... And only a diaper. And then you said, oh, what about Gary Scheider, the lead guitarist for Parliament Funkadelic? Hmm. You know? He can wear a diaper. Yeah, of course he can. He's in fucking Parliament Funkadelic. Mm -hmm. He can wear anything he wants. If you're in Slayer, you can wear anything you want. That's the whole point of being in Slayer. (laughs) That and rocking out. Okay. Oh, uh, one of the guys from Slayer um, wears, uh, like, hockey jerseys when he plays. And... uh, I had to do an interview thing with them once and uh, just we were in their backstage area and, you know, like a, like a cartoon character when they open their closet, they just have a row of their one outfit. Yes. This guy totally had a row of identical hockey jerseys. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I guess the idea is that like, fuck it, I just show up and play the show in my hot. No, that is a hand pick. Like that is a very specific hockey jersey and they have like a, a crate. That they move the hockey jerseys. I've been to Kevin Smith's house. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that's like. So if you are a fucking Scotsman and you're wearing a kilt and you got on some ghillie brogues to bring it back to footwear, Mm -hmm. you're in a fucking Highland Games. You're tossing a caper. (laughs) Taper. Or a caper. Tapers are endangered, Jesse. We shouldn't be tossing Whatever the fuck you're tossing in your Highland Games, go to town. God bless you. Ever be ye merry. If you're just someone who's looking for a place to put his leather man Mm -hmm. and he wants to upset the squares, look, check out how weird I am. Go shove it up your rear. (laughs) All right. Better or worse, I'm going to give you two other examples. Okay. Put the put the kilt in these these three examples. Okay. The Zach Galifianakis beard uh-huh. and the oversized tribal ear piercing. Mm. <sighs> okay, so I'm supposed to rank these. And that's these? excluding Zach, by the way. I'm supposed to it. rank these by a bu- worse or better than the kilt. Okay. Number 1 is definitely beard. That's easy. That's an easy call for worst. me. Worst. No, number one best. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with I'm fine with beards. I don't want a gross beard. I'm talking about the gross beard. I'm talking about the blown out. <laughs> I don't mind a giant beard. Okay. I just don't want it to be stringy and nasty. I think Zach's beard it look is usually looks pretty good. Um, I and I think that. What about a braided beard? 
See, now, also relates to being enslaved. That's where you're. That's where that's you're that, starting. You also to... have a utila kilt, and that mm-hmm. if you've braided your beard, you also own at least one utila kilt. I am what I now. If you're talking about this kind of beard that a guy who can't quite that a nerd again, and I, look, I'm not the Venn diagram of nerd and Jesse have a significant overlap. You know what I mean? No, but, I'm going. I'm you talking know, about hipster. Yeah, so if someone can grow a, a full, decent beard and they keep it clean and groomed, whether it's groomed as a large beard or a small beard, I have no beef with it. No beef at all. I like beards. Greg, do you seem like you maybe consider the beard to be – are you offended by the giant beard? I'm offended by um, people who um, just parrot. Sure. Fashion, right, right. thinking that they are edgy, thinking mm-hmm. that they, like you said, showing up and shaking up the man with their big beard. And it's like, no, that's that's just exactly what Zach did. And he, he was the first guy to do it. It was kind of original and it's his thing. And now you are doing things that you read in a magazine, New York magazine, about yeah. how to look good in, in Williamsburg. But I Are you do... okay with me going on a vacation to Catalina because I read about it in L.A. magazine? Not okay with that at all. Okay, I will not be going to Catalina. You're just doing that because you heard Zach Galifianakis went on a vacation to Catalina. (laughs) I mean, he's great, right? The hangover? Come on, guys. Is this hotel pager friendly? Here's the thing. I mean, the honest honest truth is that I I have wanted to have a beard since I was probably a sophomore in college. Mm -hmm. I say sophomore in college. I mean, this was definitely... Um, you know, that was probably about the dawn of it's cool to have a beard. Um, I, I wouldn't put myself ahead of it being cool to have a beard or outside of it being cool to have a beard. I mean, certainly ahead of the sort of broad middle of it being cool to have a beard. But I wasn't like I didn't invent it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would look nice with a beard. I like beards in general. Um, I have no beef with beards or with, uh, I'm, I'm fine with beards. Yeah. Number two. So Mike calls Teresa a beard. Holes. <laughs> Teresa's his wife. That's Jesse's gay. Wife. I was making a joke about Jesse being gay. <laughs> That's funny. It's totally okay to be gay. Guys. Um, it's great to be gay. Go Even though it. you do have John Waters mustache. Um, and not right now, but often. Um, I, number two is I'm putting holes in the ears. Holes in the ears, I I want to put my arm around someone and just say, remember 1994? It's not that now. Mm-hmm. And also... You know, it's funny. Uh, I feel like when... I feel like I've I've read a lot of things and heard a lot of people talking about, like, how will we remember the 90s? I think people talk about it as being this kind of stylish, style decade. Like, oh, when you think about 80s clothes, like, you know, you know, if you, if someone was throwing an 80s party, you would Lots know what to wear. Lots of zippers on your clothes. Yeah, if someone and... was throwing a 70s party, you would know what to wear. Like, in the 90s, what is it? What's the music? What's the clothes? But I feel like uh, I've watched both Reality Bites and Chasing Amy uh, recently on Netflix, and the 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 almost the self parodic style of that is so uh is just so pronounced to me like it seems like no that upon reflection that style was so crazy and yeah it goes with like crazy piercings like that's 
absolutely something. And yeah, all the flannel and the weird stuff like that. Anyway, continue. But I mean, on the other hand, I also like beards. I think as a native San Franciscan, I associate to some extent both holes in the ears and beards with friendly bears, uh, gay guys. Um, and that's like one of my favorite uh, cultural groups uh, is, a, is a nice bear yeah. that like wants to be your friend. And, Greatest. Yeah. Like the be- it's like one of the top cultural groups. They know where all the good honeycombs are. <laughs> well, and you can be- and, and, In the honeycomb and you're, you're, Yeah, yeah, sure. If you're with a really well, good looking gay is. guy, ask a bear. like say, Jordan, you're in a yoga class. Sure. You're really- good-looking gay guy, there's something that feels scary because you might get attracted to that, but a big gay guy, a big, puffy, you know, fat, you know, bearded... Mm-hmm. No, tr- no question. No it's chance. not going to confuse no your chance. identity at sure. all. Nope. Not going to confuse... And also... You just, will never accidentally suck his dick. And also just... In yoga, you, you could accidentally suck your own dick. If the, yeah, sure. If, if halfway through that class there was a dick in my mouth, I probably... I wouldn't, wouldn't know it until I was halfway home. Just and so you also, finished the I class. Think, yeah, right. Halfway through, you had a dick in your mouth, and you finished. Yeah. This. And also, why am I walking home with this dick in my mouth? Culturally, <laughs> culturally, a nice a nice bear guy might even be into some shit that I'm into. Like I might be talking to a nice bear guy. He might even like uh, sports. You know, like. I he might he might be into uh well I mean pretty much any gay guy that I'm uh, that I'm talking to might be into basically any of any of my other interests in life besides sports. <laughs> but <laughs> metrosexual and homosexual there is some overlap there. Yeah. And so, you know, anyway. So number 2, I'm putting holes in the ears. Number 3 is definitely utility kilt. Got it. Okay. Because utility kilt is the territory of just the worst kind of look how weird I am. Just that is the worst quality. As as someone who that's kind of left over from rave stuff, isn't it? No, it's like a it's like what a theater tech nerd wears. Yeah. They go to raves though, right? Theater tech nerds go to raves. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, they probably do. They probably go to a, like a Skrillex sure. rave. They get there early and set it up and then enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's just, it's just, and the whole, because the point of wearing the utility kilt is so that they can be like, I'm wearing a utility kilt for these reasons. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to email me about all the fucking reasons that they wear it. Like it's so comfortable and it has all these pockets and so practical and blah, 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 Yeah, it gets existential. Like, well, why do you wear pants? I mean, why do you have, you know. Because this... everyone else does. Exactly. That's the difference between a nerd and not a nerd is that some things you do because of societal conventions. Yes. So you can relate to others. Now, when you wear the utility kilt, you're going to the party knowing first order of business, small talk about my utility kilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have first come- order of for, first order of business alienate those around me. <laughs> I have made this my priority. Yes, I want to thin the herd out to me. Yeah, and I look and then contact juggling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next call, please, Brian. Next call. Can I just please. make one comment on that? Okay, comment? fine. He complained that the guy on the bike was a hunchback. Aren't we all hunchbacks when we ride a bike? That's a good. Yeah. Point. How do you tell? It's a tough one. <laughs> 
It's yeah. like that guy, uh, that pogo sticker. I mean, this guy is. Like... I guess if you're riding like an old time bike, you're sitting up straight. Yeah, I think yeah. this guy only rides recumbent bikes. <laughs> the guy who called in, sure. And so his deal is, yeah, he only rides a recumbent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know how it is. Because a unicycle, you'd fall right over. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Bill in Atlanta. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I work for uh, a company, and I'm in the IT department. And I needed a test user to set up a while back, so. I entered in Chip Dipson, and so Chip's got an email address. He's got a phone extension here as well as a voicemail account. So last year or so, we, we started getting just inundated with a number of, of people trying to sell us stuff. And uh, so we decided to route any calls that were from the outside to Chip's extension. I even changed the voicemail so it would say that Chip was our purchasing agent. And it was surprising to see how many people began to call and ask for Chip. Uh, Chip Dipson at our uh, at our place, and today uh, I got an unsolicited uh, note. Actually, not for me. But it was given to Chip, uh, asking that uh, if they could reach out, and they gave us uh, his their business card and a nice little handwritten note, and it was all written to Chip, not me. So, uh, great day. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Oh, this thing is tremendous! I posted this. I posted this picture. Uh, he he Instagrammed the uh, mm-hmm. the handwritten note addressed to Chip Dipson. Um, Greg, for you, Chip Dipson is a funny name that uh, <laughs> I thought of with a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, that we have been trying to promote in popular culture. <laughs> he has a friend named Dip Dipson. <laughs> and, <laughs> And he it's, it's no grapefruit Simmons. No, well <laughs> I'm being we're being real here. But uh Chip it is the most it is like a thoughtful handwritten on stationary sales note and just at the top it says, you know, hey Chip. And it's a you know, he photographed the envelope. Oh, it's gorgeous. I put it on my Tumblr. It's great. Jessethorn.tumblr.com. Oh, it made me so happy to see this thing. Just God bless. God bless them. So for... it sounds like if I ever wanted to fake my death and start over, maybe I could go to this guy's office and just start working as Chip Dipson. I mean, it seems like there's already precedent for him, you know, in the world. Just whatever Chip Dipson is supposed to be doing, I could just take over. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you could be like like a Nazi in Argentina. You could exactly yes. You could probably live off of. So sales samples mm-hmm. from salesmen that were sending stuff to Chip Dipson. Yeah. And free lunches from salesmen that you were claiming that you were listening to their pitches. It's essentially a no-show job that you show up to. Right. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what kind of tail Chip <laughs> Dipson's pulling down. <laughs> That's probably pretty good. Let's hear the next call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. Uh, this is Mike from New York with a momentous occasion. I just saw a man in, in a wheelchair. Uh, his legs were cut off below the knee. Get out of the wheelchair. Carry the wheelchair over his head as he walked on his stumps up the subway stairs faster than most average New Yorkers climb the subway stairs. So more powerful than ever. Uh, keep up the good work. It was amazing. Bye. That's wow. what they call fucking independent living, my friend, Jordan. Sure. That's right. Yeah. That is badass. That guy's badass. Yeah. That, that reminds me of like when you see a car and it's got the canoe upside down on the roof. Yeah. That's what that guy is walking up those subway stairs. <laughs> 
with the wheelchair upside down. Yeah, absolutely. He's a c- upside down canoe. He's going on a trip. He can yeah. go. He can go water. He can go land. Mm-hmm. He's fucking all terrain. Yeah, that Uphills. dude knows. God, that is so badass. Mm. I probably and, and he rides the subway. Walks, rolls, rides the subway. I've talked about. Uh, I, I think I've talked about my dad's friend Ed on this show before. But my dad's best friend, who's sadly now passed away. Um, was this guy called Ed, and Ed was his whole life was uh, he he was one of the great actually leaders of the independent living movement, the disability rights movement, and um, Ed <laughs> Ed was Ed had like polio as a as a you know five year old or whatever he got polio just he was like one of the last people to get polio <laughs> it was really sad. And he was paralyzed um, basically from the neck down except for one, one and a half fingers. He could sort of move one finger and he could move one finger pretty good. And he would use his finger to, uh, to pilot his electric wheelchair. And he had to breathe on a breathing machine, but he could, you know, talk and do stuff with his head, you know. Um, and Ed was – the thing about Ed was like he was – the reason that he became a leader in the independent living movement is he did not take any shit from fucking anyone ever like he uh he basically started the disability rights movement because he um he and his mom wanted him to go to college but because he had to sleep in an iron lung uh he couldn't he couldn't go to berkeley because they didn't have a a dorm he got into berkeley but he couldn't go to berkeley because they didn't have a dorm that could accommodate him and so he sued and got them to basically turn a part of the hospital on campus or I could turn one of the dorms into a hospital or turn one of the hospitals into a dorm, one or the other, so that people with disabilities could live on campus and go to college, basically. And so he went to college. But what was funny about him was Ed was like, you know, I mean, he was very cantankerous, I think would be a generous way of saying it. And fucking Ed had this huge electric wheelchair, right? And he would get in fights with people, but he couldn't move, you know, like he couldn't. So he would just run people over with his wheelchair. Like he would be chasing people in his wheelchair and running over their feet and shit and like yelling at them. That's great. <laughs> it, was like, it was so awesome. <laughs> oh, God. And you don't know what to do because what are you going to yeah. do? Beat up his finger? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess if you don't have any feeling like, anywhere. Here, fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He could take a punch, you know. Sure. He's a he's yeah. a big dude yeah. who had no feeling. <laughs> so probably get shot in theory, right? Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> was that was that our la- was that our last call? We got one more call. Okay, did let's you ever, this brother, last Did you ever call. see Rollerball, where the people in wheelchairs actually compete? In- oh, Murderball. No, um, I haven't seen it though. <laughs> oh man, Roll- Rollerball is an LL Cool J movie about a futuristic <laughs> <laughs> roller hockey league. LL Cool J. But I mean, I that mean, guy's a real it. inspiration. Oh, they updated Rollerball. Yeah, there's an update of Rollerball. I have not. Se- I've only seen the LL wow, Cool J youngster, version. Youngster. Hey, JJ, go. This is Yosef from Brooklyn. I work in the construction industry, and I was looking through a manual that had all the different types of construction equipment and how much they cost, and I stumbled upon something that said, butt fusion machine. I have no idea what that is, and in case you were wondering, it said comma <laughs> and electric. So apparently there's something as an electric butt fusion machine. Thanks, love the show. Bye. <laughs> Ha 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 
Is that like is that like cold fusion where maybe there's some sort of solution so, solution to the world's energy, energy crisis? I think Maybe it just butts can create. It just glues together the two halves of your butt. Oh, they fuse. It fuses the butt. It fuses the two parts of your butt. You don't think it's a... electricity. For people who don't, we're done with pooping. I'm just done. I've done it so many times, yeah. and I just I'm done with pooping. Well, I mean, I guess if you're in prison and you're worried about anal rape, you might yes. want your butt cheeks fused. Yeah. I love it. Hooray. I watched America's Funniest Videos with my kid, and the woman was spackling, and she was bent over, and her crack was out, and her husband spackled her butt crack. And I oh, went, great. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> sure. America's Funniest totally. Videos. Totally. Yeah. It was butt fusing. Yeah. No, my only- But yeah, I mean, why, I guess that begs the question, why do we need all this expensive machinery? I mean, we're just- I mean, we're just slaves to the butt fusion industrial complex at this point. <laughs> the only thing that Do it I, yourself. The only Get some thing, caulk. <laughs> the only thing that I don't like about America's Funniest Home Videos is that they add the little, like, voices and stuff. If America's Funniest Home Videos was just the stuff that happens on America's Funniest Home Videos, I think it would, like, be my favorite show. I think as it is now, I don't think they have cute voiceover anymore. Really? I think the dude who does it now... Tom Bergeron. Yeah, I they think, no longer do the voiceovers. I think he they does, do. They do silly music. There's well, that's silly okay. music, and You're they okay definitely amplify like a head hitting a tree. They throw. Yeah, a well, that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he'll give a little intro to it. He's 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 more dignified than Bob Saget was. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just does a little like he'll and he'll do like a little pun before it. It's like you know. Here's one speedboat that's all wet, and then yeah. you'll see a speedboat crash. Yeah, yeah. I, I have one more piece of important listener news. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie and Ted have emailed me. I'm not going to give their last names because I don't want them to get their law licenses mm-hmm. revoked. But they are actual lawyers from the great state of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Annie and Ted have emailed me claiming that it is their belief that with their help, they can make me a Kentucky colonel. Wow. What? Ted apparently already is a Kentucky colonel. What are the what's the criteria? I have to write a letter mm-hmm. declaring why I want to become a Kentucky colonel. Okay. Why do you want to in short? I mean other than it's cool, but I mean I don't think they'll that's acceptable, right? Well, I'm going to have to brainstorm some reasons. Okay. I mean, it's a great state. Sure. I'm excited that Bullseye's on the radio in Louisville. Okay. Yep. Maybe that's your end. Segregation is uh Alive and well. <laughs> no. Kentucky. No, no, no. Um, there's a million reasons. It's a beautiful state. Yes, it is. Um, I, I hope to visit it one day. Um, well, as a colonel, you, you have to. I, yeah, you probably have to have look forward to it's it. It's like running for governor. You have to have residency there. I'm responsible for defending the governor of Kentucky. Oh. Are that something you're prepared to do? Yes, or I'm at the bare minimum. I'm prepared to avoid the governor of Kentucky. <laughs> yes. So the circumstances you're not going don't to present. Hurt, you're not going to hurt him. No. Well, certainly you I mean would never him hurt no him. harm. I love the great state of Kentucky. You might have read my letter about it. That's upcoming. So, I was just in Louisville. It's a great. Okay. I'm really. Great city. Ex- I'm really excited about. This is like the most. I I know that it sounded like look. When this came up before, we were talking about Bill Cosby's doctorate 
and just how Elton I John's uh, knighthood. knighthood, yeah, and how I wanted to become a Kentucky Colonel. Mm. This would be probably no. I'm going to say definitely the greatest honor of my professional career. If 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 we could make this happen, if me and Annie cont- and Ted working together, is there some sort of statuette that you get to fuck? <laughs> when you bucket of chicken. A, yeah, you get a bucket of chicken. <laughs> just jam your dick in some coleslaw. <laughs> jam it in the slaw. Yeah, it's a nice deep bucket of slaw. Have you maybe baby steps? Have you considered becoming an Oscar Mayer wiener? <laughs> <laughs> well, then everyone would be in love with you, and that's a fun side effect. Oh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Greg Fitzsimmons. Grapefruit Simmons. Wait, which one is here? Well, in a sense, uh, have you have you ever listened to Phil Hendry? Yeah, sure. You're going to hear both of them oh, during wow. the segment. Wow. So we're and Greg hear... is going to talk to Grapefruit. Maybe argue. Who knows? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it could sound something like, stop, Greg. Stop talking. Grapefruit, this is, I'm going to work on the wow. voices. Wow. Got to work on the voices. Got to work on the voices. Yeah. And the corn pone wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's two things. That's two things I would recommend you work on. All right, I'm gonna... If I could recommend you work on two things. Yeah. Number one, voices, differentiating between the voices. Mm-hmm. Second, corn pone wisdom. Corn pone wisdom. Mm-hmm. Bring a little uh, prairie home companion to it. Sure. I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. That's... I wouldn't go that far. Okay. You don't want me to? A little hee-haw. A little hee-haw. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. That's exactly what we're talking about. Second, you, you guys go on. I'm going to catch up. Okay, okay, great. Sponsors this week. First yeah. of all, our friends at Ask Metafilter. Mm-hmm. Ask.metafilter.com. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Uh, one good question would be uh, what is uh, some of the most corn pone wisdom? <laughs> Which can... wisdom is the most corn pone? Which wisdom is the most sure. corn pone? Well, Greg, you know, if you don't walk the dog, he's going to poop on the rug. Grapefruit. No. Gra- <laughs> Wait a minute. Grapefruit, how'd you get in here? We were to- only, it was only the three of us you, me, and Greg, Jordan, me, and Greg, and now Grapefruit Simmons is in here. Well, sometimes if you leave the window open, a grapefruit comes in. Hey! <laughs> and at your, sh- at your shows, you'll say, eh, if you leave the window open, sometimes a grapefruit comes in! And after the show, I'll be, I'll be signing your citrus. <laughs> grapefruit, that's enough self-promotion. Yeah. Um, uh, Online at ask.metafilter.com. Our other sponsor this week, of course, Comedy Bang Bang. Friday nights at 10 on IFC starting June 8th with the hilarious Miss Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've heard of her. And, of course, our friend Scott Ackerman, the hilarious Reggie Watts. It looks like a talk show. It isn't quite. It's based on the hit podcast. I think it's a delight. I've watched several episodes. I have, too. It is 
funny. This Cra- is a very funny show. A lot of crazy stuff going on on it. I'm really, I'm really happy that IFC is doing such wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy they're uh, sponsoring our shows because I'm a big fan. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, IFC Friday nights, ten o'clock. We'll be back. Uh, nothing on the nothing on the jumbotron this week. Go to maximumfun.org/jumbotron. Get up on there. Yeah. Come on. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? It's like the number one way to communicate in the 21st century. I would argue. It's arguable. If you if you want to sponsor an episode of Jordan Jesse Go, email Teresa at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Grapefruit Simmons. And Greg Fitzsimmons. Wow, four of us on the show now. Yeah, it's a full house in here. Yeah. Well, um, Greg... It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Grapefruit, it was a delightful surprise that you stopped by. I think he was really talking to me, Greg. Listen, Grapefruit, (laughs) we're both here. Can't we just be friends? (laughs) You guys are fantastic. And Grapefruit, thank you for bringing over some of your mom's famous stuffing. (laughs) It was was great. Well, you know what mom always says, if you don't stuff it, you You gotta lose it. I thought we were all going to yeah. try and finish the corn pone wisdom. Finish that corn pone wisdom. If you ain't stuff it, you're going to lose it. You know, the thing is, is I usually keep my little red book of corn pone wisdom mm. in my back pocket. But I lost it when I was doing my calisthenics this morning. I think your corn pone wisdom is actually Mao's sayings. My, well, yeah, his hypnosis signals. Oh. Gosh, I guess that just simply hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. It simply had not My occurred to me, My mama always said, bureaucrats are paper tigers. <laughs> it's my mom's. She'd put, she'd put the pie to cool on the sill, and she'd say, bureaucrats are paper tigers. Oh, hey, I, I want to mention, before we wrap this thing up, I want to mention, uh, we have been doing a lot of really cool stuff on Bullseye lately. Mm. Um, and I want to say this past uh, this past week we had an episode with R. A. Dickey, uh, starting pitcher for the New York Metropolitans. Uh, maybe you've heard of them, a baseball club out of uh, Queens, New York City. And um, he has such an amazing life story. Uh, he was, among other things, like this is basically. I'm going to give you the broadest outlines of it, and I don't mean to sound glib because some of it is terrifying, but. Um, you know he he grew up uh, he grew up with a sort of absent father, mostly absent father, alcoholic mother. Uh, he was sexually abused as a child. Spent his high school years often sleeping in uh, letting himself into and sleeping in vacant apartments that were for rent. Like he would like look up in the newspaper vacant apartments, and because of where he lived, there there would always be a key under the mat or whatever, and he would just. He had a home, but he would just rather sleep there. Um, and he, but he became a star baseball player, made it through his junior year of college, uh, was a superstar in college, played for the U.S. Olympic team, won a medal in the Olympics, uh, got an $800,000 bonus offer to sign with the Texas Rangers, went to his medical exam, found out he what did not have a stabilizing ligament in his elbow that the doctor said meant that he should not be able to open a door with using the doorknob. Um, the, the Rangers canceled his contract offer. 
of $800,000 and then out of pity offered him $18,000. Mm. Um, anyway, he spent 10 years basically in the minor leagues until he was in his 30s, made it to the majors for bits and pieces of four or five seasons, was terrible basically in the majors. I didn't say that to him. I said marginal. But he was a lousy major league pitcher, pretty good minor league pitcher, almost died uh, trying to prove he could swim across the Missouri River because he was depressed and crazed, Um, and then decided to become a full-time knuckleball pitcher turned his life around, and now in his late 30s is a superstar. Well, star. He's a star pitcher for the Mets. And because he's a knuckleball pitcher, I mean, he could pitch well, He could pitch until he's 55 probably um, if he wants to. And he is the sweetest, like most fascinating guy, like a really brilliant guy. He also names all of his bats after uh, – swords from famous uh from famous epic tales <laughs> so one of his one of his uh bats is named hunting which apparently is um uh, uh not gilgamesh's sword mm. but one uh, of those guys what's the ink what's the uh like middle english uh oh, mm. beowulf beowulf oh, okay. it's beowulf's sword Beowulf sword. So his bat is named, one of his bats is named Hunting. The other one is named after Bilbo Baggins' sword. Wow. <laughs> anyway, the yeah, guy is. You know what they say if you don't want to sleep in the hall, <laughs> throw a knuckleball. <laughs> oh, grapefruit. Oh, Cut grapefruit. it out, grapefruit. That sounded like no, a hard grapefruit. story. Anyway, anyway I, hope, I hope people will t- take a listen to that and just check out Bullseye if, if you're not already a Bullseye listener. Um, and check out Greg's show, Fitzdog Radio. Available on iTunes and uh, FitzDog.com for all other details. Yeah, you had a uh, you had or are having a kind of a a, a world's greatest podcaster week. Is that past uh, or from which there is a glaring omission? Well, uh, yeah, we just had on um, Mark Marin and uh, Joe Rogan and Adam Carolla, Chris Hardwick, uh, all in a very short period of time. And uh, it's, and where's Jimmy Pardo? Yep, that's the question. Never. <laughs> Never not on my uh, Titans of Podcasting, apparently. <laughs> no, it, it was an accident. I didn't plan it out that way because I certainly don't want to say that these are the best of the best. It was just like they're all friends and they happen to yep. end up at the same mm-hmm. time. And uh, But people seem to like respond to it. So I, what I want to do is have an event where we all go together and do a cross-pollination, like a speed dating. We yeah. each, you know, do interviews with each other oh. over an afternoon and then yeah. put out our podcast. That sounds Would fun. Would you do that? Yeah, but we're in. Will right. we have little chess clocks to hit? That's when... a good idea. Yeah. I like that. Those are good. You got to wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. We're on board. If there's chess clocks. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get Matt and Jimmy in there, too. Really? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah. It's on. We're in the big leagues now, Jordan. Finally. We just... We just emotionally blackmailed our way into the big leagues <laughs> with Greg Fitzsimmons. Well, Greg, thank you much. 206-984-4FUN, our telephone number, jjgo at MaximumFun.org, our email address. Find us online at MaximumFun.org. Comment in the forums at forum.maximumfun.org. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Jesse Go.